Hello and welcome to the Sports Hour on Brimbank Live on Live FM. Hope you're having a great Friday and uh, before we get into the show this week, I just wanted to give a shout out to everyone in Victoria doing it tough with all the restrictions and uh, the tough lockdown rules and uh, and obviously the COVID-19 outbreak. Um, there's only been two new cases recorded uh, in the last 24 hours, so great job to everyone in Victoria following the restrictions. Keep that up and uh, hopefully soon... Uh, you'll be able to see all your friends and family. So just stay in good spirits and uh, and hopefully things improve in the short term. Now we're going to get into our new segment where we'll hear from our uh, very own Patrick Morrow. Hi Max, thanks for having me on. A lot of world sporting news this week. Let's start with the tennis with Rafael Nadal winning the French Open final against Novak Djokovic. By winning the French Open, Nadal now has 20 grand slams to his name and that equals the record of the Swiss master Roger Federer. This is Nadal post match. Well, uh, I was not able, of course, to watch anything. Um, but thanks to Roger for the for the words. And I think, as everybody know, we have a, a very very good relationship, and uh, we respect each other a lot. And uh, at the same time, uh, in some way, uh, I think he's happy when I'm winning. Uh, I'm happy when the things are doing, uh, when he's doing the things well. No, so um, in some way, for me, means a lot the 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 positive relationship that uh, we had together because we have been uh, uh, going through a, a great rivalry for uh, for a very very long time. So uh, uh, yeah. It's just can say thanks to him. That was Rafael Nadal speaking to the ITV Sport there. Now some baseball news where the Tampa Bay Rays have lost game four of their National League series against the Houston Astros four runs to three, while the LA Dodgers defeated the Atlanta Braves 15 runs to three in game three of their series. Whoever wins both series will then play each other in the World Series to find out who's the best in baseball. Now, some F1 news where Aussie Daniel Ricciardo has finished third at the Eiffel Grand Prix, which was marred by car breakdowns and some collisions, but the Aussie pushed through to finish third. This was Ricciardo after finding out he actually finished third. Is that a podium, boys? Is that a podium? That's a podium. Yeah, nice shot, mate. It's a podium, Daniel. Thank you. Lewis Hamilton went on to win the race and has equaled Michael Schumacher's record of 91 race wins. On some other F1 news, Fernando Alonso has been unveiled as the Renault driver for next year. And Max, that is all your sporting news for this week. Back to you. And now we're going to go to our weekend sports segment. And uh, kicking us off today is the Bledisloe Cup uh, between the All Blacks and the Wallabies uh, in Rugby Union. Uh, so game one was last week and it was a draw, 16-all. Uh, and uh, game two is this Sunday at 2pm. So uh, check that game out. That'll be exciting. Australia performed well in the first game getting the draw. So um, it's a big game, and uh, if Australia can put together another performance, it'll be 
quite impressive in these COVID times, uh, being in England, uh, in New Zealand and doing well. To the Super Netball Grand Final, which is on this weekend, uh, between the Melbourne Vixens and West Coast Fever, we spoke to Ali Smith, who plays for the Melbourne Vixens, a few weeks back, and uh, they're taking on the West Coast Fever, and uh, that should be an exciting game, the Grand Final, and uh, the Vixens have had a great season finishing on top and uh, hardly losing a game this year, uh, so that that's one to watch. Uh, that game's on Sunday at 12 o'clock, so uh, one to tune into and get behind the Victorians, the Melbourne Vixens. Speaking of Victorians, the Melbourne Storm face the Raiders tonight at 7.50 in the NRL preliminary final, uh, so that'll be a good game to watch. Uh, the Melbourne Storm uh, are playing, and uh, Cameron Smith, is it going to be his last ever game? Um, if the Storm win, it won't be. Um, but this could be his last season in the NRL. He's played over 400 games, and uh, it's been a tremendous career. So that'll be a game to watch, um, just to see Cameron Smith and his team run out. And obviously, uh, if you're a Victorian, to get behind the Melbourne Storm against the Raiders tonight. The second preliminary final in the NRL is between the Panthers and the Rabbitohs, which is on tomorrow night, Saturday night, at 7.50, so uh, two, two good games to watch there, and uh, hopefully the Storm can uh, get the chocolates tonight. Now to some soccer, some football. Um, Everton face Liverpool tomorrow night. Uh, it's an earlier game, pretty good. It's at 10 o'clock, so tune into that. Uh, Everton are facing Liverpool, as I said, and uh, Live Everton haven't lost a game this year. They're 4-0, while Liverpool, have. Uh, they dropped the first game, and... Uh, they won the next three, so it's going to be exciting that game. Um, it's 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 uh, Liverpool. They're expected to to sort of win, but uh, the way Everton's been going, uh, winning four in a row, that's um, going to be a good game to watch at ten o'clock on Saturday night. Uh, then after that, you got a whole bunch of games. Chelsea facing Southampton. That's at uh, at one a.m. Uh, actually, the the Everton Liverpool game is on at ten thirty. Uh, sorry about that, not 10 o'clock. The Everton-Liverpool game is on at 10.30. Um, Man City, they're playing Arsenal. Uh, that's at 3.30am on Saturday Saturday night, Sunday morning. Uh, that That's going to be a great game to watch, uh, seeing that Man City are sitting 14th on the ladder with the draw, loss and win, while Arsenal are three wins and one loss. Man City going into the tournament, they're one of the favourites, if not the favourite, to win it this year. But they're under some pretty pretty good pressure here early on in the season to do well. And uh, it's going to be an exciting game, that one, uh, if you can stay up for it uh, or if you're going to be awake during that time, uh, definitely tune in because uh, that's going to be a great game at 3.30am on Sunday morning between Man City and Arsenal. You got Newcastle facing off Man, Man Manchester United. Uh, that that's at six a.m. on Sunday morning, and a whole bunch of other games as always in the English Premier League. So the IPL, the Indian Premier League, in the cricket, uh, it's uh, getting towards the end of that tournament. So uh, good time to tune in. Uh, the game on tomorrow is uh, between the Mumbai Indians and the Kolkata Knight Riders. So that's uh, that that that'll be exciting, and um, there's. There's uh yeah certainly I'm I'm Chris Gale was back for the uh, Kings eleven Punjab last night where he uh, he scored a fifty three 
there's been he's been held out of the team for a long time, so it was good to see Chris Gale back in the IPL. Um, and obviously you got a whole bunch of other star players uh, for the Mumbai Indians. You got Chris Lynn playing. Uh, th- that's the next game for the tournament, which is on tomorrow at twelve thirty a.m. Uh, you've also got Owen Morgan. You got a whole bunch of stars playing in that tournament. Pat Cummins, and uh, so that, that that's definitely one to tune into. On Australian soil, you got the Sheffield Shield for cricket, uh, which is which has already begun, uh, and and that kicks off uh, the third game uh, of that tournament is on this next Monday between South Australia and Tasmania, and you've also got Western Australia taking on Queensland uh, on Monday as well. So plenty to watch, uh, and that 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 rounds out our weekend sports segment, but. Uh, Left you with plenty of sport to watch. Obviously, you got the AFL football as well in the finals. You got the NRL. You got the Super Netball Grand Final, uh, and the EPL rugby, cricket, and so forth. It goes on, doesn't end. So uh, plenty to watch, and uh, I hope you enjoy your weekend of sport. And now we're going to go to our weekend sports segment, and uh, kicking us off today is the Bledisloe Cup uh, between the All Blacks and the Wallabies. Uh, in rugby union, uh, so game one was last week and it was a draw, uh, sixteen all, and uh, game two is this Sunday at two p.m. So uh, check that game out. That'll be exciting. Australia performed well in the first game, getting the draw. So um, it's a big game, and uh, if Australia can put together another performance, it'll be quite impressive in these COVID times. Uh, being in England, uh, in New Zealand, and doing well to the Super Netball. Grand final, which is on this weekend, uh, between the Melbourne Vixens and West Coast Fever. We spoke to Ali Smith, who plays for the Melbourne Vixens, uh, in a few a few weeks back, and uh, they're taking on the West Coast Fever, and uh, that should be an exciting game, the grand final. And uh, the Vixens have had a great season, finishing on top and uh, hardly losing a game this year. Uh, so that that's one to watch. Uh, that game's on Sunday at twelve o'clock. So uh, one to tune into and get behind the Victorians, the Melbourne Vixens. Speaking of Victorians, the Melbourne Storm face the Raiders tonight at 7.50 in the NRL preliminary final. Uh, So that'll be a good game to watch. Uh, The Melbourne Storm uh, are playing and uh, Cameron Smith, is it going to be his last ever game? Um, If the Storm win, it won't be. Um, But this could be his last season in the NRL. He's played over 400 games and uh, it's been a tremendous career. So that'll be a game to watch um, just to see Cameron Smith and his team run out. And obviously, uh, if you're a Victorian, to get behind the Melbourne Storm against the Raiders tonight. The second preliminary final in the NRL is between the Panthers and the Rabbitohs, which is on tomorrow night, Saturday night at 7.50. So uh, two, two good games to watch there and uh, hopefully the Storm can uh, get the chocolates tonight. Now to some soccer, some football. Um, Everton face Liverpool tomorrow night. Uh, it's an earlier game. Pretty good. It's at 10 o'clock, so tune into that. Uh, Everton are facing Liverpool, as I said, and uh, Live- Everton haven't lost a game this year. They're 4-0, while Liverpool, have. Uh, they dropped the first game and uh, they won the next three, so... It's going to be exciting that game. Um, it's 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 uh, Liverpool. They're expected to to sort of win, but uh, the way Everton's been going, uh, winning four in a row, that's um, going to be a good game to watch at ten o'clock on Saturday night. Uh, 
Then after that, you got a whole bunch of games. Chelsea facing Southampton. That's at uh, at one a.m. Uh, actually, the the Everton Liverpool game is on at ten thirty. Uh, sorry about that. Not ten o'clock. The Everton Liverpool game is on at ten thirty. Um, Man City. They're playing Arsenal. Uh, that's at three thirty a.m. on Saturday Saturday night, Sunday morning. Uh, that that's going to be a great game to watch. Uh, seeing that Man City are sitting 14th on the ladder with the draw, loss, and win, while Arsenal are three wins and one loss. Man City going into the tournament, they are one of the favourites, if not the favourite, to win it this year. But they're under some pretty pretty good pressure here early on in the season to do well, and uh, it's going to be an exciting game that one. Uh, if you can stay up for it, uh, or if you're going to be awake. During that time, uh, definitely tune in because uh, that's going to be a great game at 3.30am on Sunday morning between Man City and Arsenal. you got Newcastle facing off Man, Man- Manchester United. Uh, that That's at 6am on Sunday morning and a whole bunch of other games as always in the English Premier League. So the IPL, the Indian Premier League in the cricket, uh, it's uh, getting towards the end of that tournament. So uh, good time to tune in. Uh, the game on tomorrow is uh, between the Mumbai Indians and the Kolkata Knight Riders, so that's uh, that that that'll be exciting. And um, there's there's uh, yeah certainly I'm, I'm Chris Gale was back for the uh, Kings Eleven Punjab last night where he uh, he scored a 53. Uh, there's been he's been held out of the team for a long time, so it was good to see Chris Gale back in the IPL. Um, and obviously you got a whole bunch of other star players. Uh, for the Mumbai Indians, you've got Chris Lynn playing. Uh, that, that's the next game for the tournament, which is on tomorrow at 12.30 a.m. Uh, you've also got Owen Morgan. You've got a whole bunch of stars playing in that tournament. Pat Cummins. and uh, So that, that, that's definitely one to tune into. On Australian soil, you've got the Sheffield Shield for cricket. Uh, which is which has already begun, uh, and and that kicks off uh, the third game uh, of that tournament is on this next Monday between South Australia and Tasmania, and you've also got Western Australia taking on Queensland uh, on Monday as well. And now we're going to welcome Isabella Collins uh, to give us a little preview of the weekend ahead in the AFL finals. And uh, welcome, Isabella. How are you going? Yeah, thanks for having me again, Max. I'm looking forward to to this chat today. So, yeah, I'll be talking about the AFL. So, obviously, last weekend uh, we had the semifinals and probably the games weren't as good as the first week of the finals. But, uh, yeah, we had Richmond uh, versus Kilda for the first final and Richmond got the job, job done by 31 points. I think most people were expecting Richmond to win that match. And Kilda, you know, put up a good fight. They probably could have been a lot closer if they had a kick straight uh but yeah Richmond are just too good and then we had Geelong so my boys versus your boys Max Collingwood um it was a bit of a smashing 68 points Geelong won by so obviously it was good for myself and good for Geelong supporters but not so good for uh the Collingwood fans I think you guys just look pretty tired and obviously you had the huge win against West Coast the week before so I think that probably helped Geelong um, but yeah, I was definitely not expecting it to, uh, I probably wasn't expecting Geelong to win. So I definitely wasn't expecting Geelong to win by 68 points. So, uh, yeah, that was pretty much the semifinals. And then this weekend, well, tonight it starts with Port Adelaide and Richmond and, uh, this, both of these games and the Brisbane Geelong game, both of them could go either way. I, I don't really know who to tip uh, for either one, to be honest, but 
I'd probably go Richmond uh, just because I think they're still the best team in it. And I think they're a better side than Port Adelaide. You know, Geelong could have beat Port Adelaide in that first final if Geelong had a kick straight. And I think Richmond are a better team than the Cats. So I think Richmond will get the job done. But in saying that, Port Adelaide could definitely win this match. Obviously, it's at home and they'll have their crowd behind them. And uh, yeah, it will definitely help them. So I think this is going to be a close match. I, I will be, I prefer Port to win. And I think most people would prefer Port to Port to beat Richmond. Um, obviously, Rich, Richmond have had quite a lot of success the past couple of years, so it'd be nice to see Port win, but I guess we'll wait and see. And then uh, we have Brisbane Lions versus Geelong. So, as I said, I'm obviously a Geelong supporter, so I'm I'm not too nervous yet, to be honest, for this game. I was really, really nervous last week uh, versus Collingwood. Uh, but this week, yeah, the nerves haven't got to me yet. They definitely will tomorrow, though. But I think I'm more excited. I think we can definitely beat Brisbane. I think we can trouble them in a few areas, especially up forward. If Hawkins and, and Dangerfield goes up there, I think we can trouble them a little bit. But they're still an amazing side. They've got a lot of youth. Uh, they're fast. Sometimes we don't uh, play well against the fast sides. Um, I, I have a little bit of hope, though, that... Uh, you know, we beat Brisbane early in the year, but it was in Sydney. So that probably played into our hands a little bit. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll wait and see both games. Yeah, hard to tip. And I think they both will be very close games. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, Isabella. And uh, just on the Richmond game, um, how much of a chance do you think Port Adelaide are of, uh, of, of getting, getting the win, beating, beating Richmond? The game's obviously over here in Adelaide. Um, do you, do you think, what areas of the game do you think uh, Port Adelaide can win, um, can dominate in and, uh, and win the game? Yeah, well, I think uh, Richmond haven't been great at clearances this year um, from some of the footy shows that I have watched um, this year and they've been talking about that. And Port, they love the clearance side and the contested ball. So I think uh, Port can can get a hold of them in the clearances, but uh it's yeah up forward i think richmond could trouble port um because they've obviously got lynch and then rewalt uh you know hawkins he kicked badly against port early in uh in the first final but he still took like five contested marks in that forward line so i think lynch could could really hurt port so i think port should be a bit worried about that part but i think port will uh will do well in the midfield for sure and uh we you spoke of the richmond forward line then, uh, sorry, I'm going to cut that out. You spoke of the Richmond forward line then, and uh, Hamish Hartlett, he had some uh, interesting words to say during the week um, where he said, I think uh, he was speaking about Tom Lynch, and uh, Hamish Hartlett said, I think there'd be plenty of people out there who would like to see his season come to an end. I'll leave it at that. You saw what happened to uh, Tom Hawkins uh, against Port Adelaide in week one of finals where he uh, kicked, I think, maybe six behinds or, or five, five behinds and one out on the full. Um, do you think uh, the, the crowd can get under Lynch's skin and uh, is, is he the biggest player that Port need to stop tonight? I honestly could see Lynch uh, getting suspended uh, tonight. Uh, he's obviously yeah had a few few uh, things happened in the past where he probably should have been at least suspended, I think, um, during the year at least once. So, yeah, I think it could be a bit dangerous. Um, you know, obviously, if Richmond win, they'd want Lynch to be playing in a grand final. So, yeah, I think Lynch needs to behave himself a bit and I could definitely see him getting fired up and uh, maybe doing something wrong tonight. So, I guess we'll wait and see. Do you think he should have been uh, suspended for a week from the incident last week where he... Behind the play, he put put his knee sort of into the player. Um, 
willingly. He didn't, it wasn't accidental. Um, what did you make of that? I think he probably should have been suspended throughout the year with some other incidents that happened. Um, yeah, it's hard to know. It wasn't great. Obviously not a great look what he did against a St Kilda player. Can't just knee someone in the head, but I, I did look at it again and he sort of got him more shoulder than straight in the face. So yeah, I would have liked to see him get suspended for that for sure. But uh, I think it's probably the right call of fine, but it wasn't really a big fine. I think he should have got a, a bigger fine than what he did. So, but I think during the year, other incidents that happened, he should have been suspended for. Mm, I think it's really uh, starting to mount on him, all these little incidents and, uh, He's going to have to pay for it one day. And uh, you're, you're right, actually. He, if he does something wrong this game, uh, imagine if he missed the grand final. That, <laughs> that could definitely happen. Um, yeah, so that'll be interesting. Uh, but anyway, we'll see how that plays out. Um, to the Geelong game now, uh, what do you think Geelong need to do this game? Uh, you're a Geelong supporter. What needs to happen this game against the Brisbane Lions on Saturday? to uh to get the win for the cats i think it all starts in the clearances obviously the gabba uh it's a great ground um well it's a shorter ground so yes. you know whoever wins the clearances um usually is going to probably do well so and i think if we can get it down to hawkins especially like quickly i think that's going to be key so obviously dangerfield's probably going to go forward quite a bit but i'd like him to start in the midfield um i want to get off to a good start so yeah i'd like to see dangerfield start in the midfield and just yeah get it down there as fast as possible and but then on the other hand like brisbane if they get it down fast you know our defenders are a bit slow so that could be a worry so yeah it's definitely uh starts in the clearances who's the biggest worry for Geelong uh in the brisbane side uh, probably Charlie Cameron. Um, he's heard us before last year. I think when we lost by a point to Brisbane at the Gabbery kick five, uh, this year, he, I think he may have only kicked one and a couple of behinds when we played them in Sydney. So, uh, we did a good job on him this year already, but, uh, yeah, I think Charlie Cameron or just someone in their midfield, like Lockie Neal, obviously he's probably going to win the round low. So he's a very good player. So, uh, probably those two. Uh, I'm not too worried about their, you know, Hitwood. I'm not too worried about him and a few of the other ones that could bob up a bit. Bob up a bit, but uh, yeah, probably Charlie Cameron and Lockie Neal. Yeah, it's uh, Charlie Cameron's a good one. Um, I read in the paper yesterday uh, he kicked five goals um, in a preliminary final um, about. I think in 2017. Um, yeah, it was against Geelong, Max. Oh yes. Actually, you just you mentioned that, didn't you? <laughs> well, no. Well, last year he kicked five against us, um, just in a normal round oh, as well. Th- wow! Well. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, not great. <laughs> rub it in a bit, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, you're right though. Uh, Charlie Cameron. He and uh, I think with Geelong's defenders, sort of Tom Stewart and um, and Zach Tui, I think Charlie Cameron's got them for pace. He's got a lot of players for pace, but. Um, yeah, they're going to have to be on their toes. Um, yeah, so uh, all the best with that game. Um, and uh, and thanks thanks for coming on, Isabella, uh, for sharing your thoughts. And uh, all the best uh, this weekend with your cats. And, uh, and uh, hope you have a nice weekend. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, Max, for having me on. That rounds out our weekend sports segment. But uh, left you with plenty of sport to watch. Obviously, you got the AFL football as well in the finals. You got the NRL. You got the Super Netball Grand Final. 
uh, and the EPL, rugby, cricket, and so forth. It goes on, doesn't end. So uh, plenty to watch, and uh, I hope you enjoy your weekend of sport. It's this time in the show where we welcome our resident philosopher, Mr. Charlie Gill. How are you today, Charlie? Very good, as always. Max, how are you? I'm going well, thanks. Thanks for asking. Now, our poll for today, does the game of AFL football need any changing? Uh, Look, it's a simple yes or no answer. Um, What are your thoughts, resident philosopher, Charlie Gill? It's a good one. It's a good one because it's um, it's so sort of broad, um, and so, but sort of simple. So it's just like a very direct question. Do we need changes or do we not need changes? And look, I've when it comes to football, I've always been a traditionalist. Like I adore the things in footy that make it unique and have been around forever, such as the bounce, which has been coming under attack recently, um, and the other stuff like. Other people love like team songs and banners and and all that. Um, you know, this year we've heard a bit of you know, you know, there's been a bit of a circus about people saying that the standard of the game like isn't in a great sort of um, not in a great position, not as good as it used to be. It can be better, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and uh, I don't know about that. Like maybe um, I guess it's true because. The AFL have been trying to make it more fast scoring and that's why they've been, you know, um, Gillan McLaughlin and his little right-hand man, his little henchman, Steve Hocking, who I'm sure you'll talk about at length. He, um, you know, they've been doing all this tinkering, trying to sort of get it to be more high scoring and more free-flowing. But at the end of the day, like, it's footy's footy. Like, it's just so good. But we just love it, don't we? And, and um, that's why I was sort of like hearing all these people talking about, oh, it's just blah, 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 blah. It's just when people say stuff like, oh, you know, the game's been ruined and stuff. It's just like, I don't want to listen to you. You're a clown. So, um, yeah, that's my, that's what I think when I hear people say that the game's like, um, not as it used to be, it's not good anymore, et cetera, et cetera. My initial reaction is just like, please stop talking. Like, I just, just, I don't like being that cynical. I don't like being that negative and it's not true anyway however you know there is always room for improvement and one of the great parts about the history of the game and i read this really good book a couple years ago called time and space can't remember who it was by i think his name was james someone um which sort of just i think to my recollection to my recollection just detailed um really good the way that the game sort of evolves in terms of strategy and and rules and etc so it's part of of the sport, the fact that it's always evolving and it's changing. Um, however, you know, you can take it too far and you can also make mistakes. Like when I hear the rumours earlier in the year or the reports from um, the AFL's premier journalist, Tom Brown, that, um, uh, that the AFL were considering increasing it to 28 rounds and re- keeping the shorters really short, keeping the quarters really short, like that just that triggered me um, and that made me angry. And I just thought, what are you doing? Like th- this is just a change that doesn't need to happen. And it's just stupid. And it's just, it's just pointless. Um, but like I said, there's always room for improvement and there'll be ways I'm sure of changing a couple of rules to make the game the best it can be. Um, but I'm not smart enough or know enough about footy to, I think propose a truly legitimate sort of changing of rules um, that would enable the game to be more free-flowing or more watchable, as some people might put it. 
Yeah. Look, I think there's always little changes that can be made uh, to make the game bigger. But, uh, yeah, just for the listeners out there, we're talking about major changes, sorry. So does the game of AFL football need any major changing? Um, and, and I tend to agree with you there, Charlie. I think um, that just let the game happen. Um, you don't need to bring in these major changes because look what the game's already got. It's got an abundance of supporters filling oh, stadiums of 100,000 100, capacity. And I can hear you smickering in the background there uh, because you know what I'm yes, about to say yes. here. Now, yes. Charlie, what are your thoughts when, the, when, when calls are made to to totally review uh, the AFL and every, every um, aspect of it, such as what uh, yeah. Andrew Pridham has said, the CEO of Sydney. Do you want to um, tell us a little bit more about that and what you think about it? Yeah, well, I mean, it didn't take me by surprise or anything, but it was quite interesting to hear what Caro had to say on probably the flagship program of the AFL media, in my opinion, unmissable each week footy classified. No sarcasm. I seriously think it's the best show about footy on um, on air. Uh, and some people, everyone's just so cynical about everyone's just so cynical about AFL media sometimes. And I hear people, you know, saying they dislike Caro and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But I love Caro and I love the show. And it was very interesting to hear what she said about um, yeah about Andrew Pridham proposing um, a massive review, apparently that just covers everything from. You know, the rules themselves maybe to, uh, I'm not sure if that was it actually, it was more stuff like player agents, um, uh, stuff like that to each club, um, it's, um, to the positions of the board, Gillan McLaughlin, etc. Um, and she said that apparently like some of the teams that would probably be at risk if this were to come to fruition, um, some of the teams were, um, paranoid that what Andrew Pridham may have been hinting at or maybe explicitly suggesting, I don't know, I wasn't there, um, that 16, sorry, that 18 teams are too many and that the likes of North Melbourne and St Kilda were perhaps a little paranoid to hear that be suggested because if the AFL suddenly decided that 18 teams were too many, those were two of the teams that would probably have a better chance than other clubs of being eradicated. Now, look, Charlie. Yeah, that's. I'm glad you brought up North Melbourne and St Kilda and and the AFL removing them because you're uh, you're, you're you're close to Fitzroy. Uh, you know yes. the, the, the mighty uh, Brunswick right. Street Oval. That's um, right. Yes, and uh, I was. I'm wondering. You know, Good if, if you're if you're in the neighbourhood of Arden Street where North Melbourne play or, uh, or, or where, where the Saints play in, uh, in Moorabbin. Um, how does it make you feel and, and how will supporters take it if their teams that they live close by to, it's not just about living close to, but also um, just supporting, having supported for over 50 years, waiting for that flag that they haven't won in so long and then their team just gets vanished. From the competition, yeah. What, 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 yeah. What, 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 what do you, what do you think about that? Yeah. Well, look, great point. Um, 
I do live, as you know, um, very close to the heart of the Fitzroy Football Club, um, you might say. And sometimes I look across and I, I look at the Oval and, you know, the ghosts of the ghosts of a club that was once, you know, beloved by many and um, the people flock to the ground to watch each week and suddenly they just evaporate and they go up to Brisbane and, yeah, you know, some people might, you know, I mean, follow, keep following Brisbane because it's connected to Fitzroy, but a lot of those supporters that, you know, who's, whose hearts and souls were, were tethered to the football club, like for a lot of them, it just would have been um, like an irrecoverable loss in terms of the fact that it's not the same supporting the team when they're out to Brisbane. They're not even called Fitzroy anymore. Like it really would have been like a death in the family. Um, and so that's where, that's what you've got to bring into like consideration when you're talking about getting rid of these teams. Um, it's just such a harsh thing to sort of do. Charlie, I think, um, this game of AFL football, when you th- when you when you look at it in the big grand scheme of things, it's just an Australian game and isn't played anywhere else in the world. It's one of the only sports that's only played in one country, and um, it's got a long way to go. AFL football, and um, you know, there's, there's a long path ahead because where it's at at the moment, it's got a lot of room for improvement. Now, if I put this, what's well, interesting. I might touch on what you just said, but go on, go on with what you were saying. I'll put this to you, right? Yeah. A second tier competition. So don't, don't, why, why get rid of these teams when they, okay, don't, don't freak yeah. out. Why get rid of these yeah. teams when this game has got so much growth ahead of it? I know, okay, we're in COVID times and the, the, there's no times like this where financial pressure is higher, but I'll put, I'll put this to you. A second-tier competition, uh, you, you add teams in. Um, okay, and this is why I say this, right? People will argue that the standard of the game will go down. Okay, that, that's fine. But, but look at every AFL list. There's about 48 players on every AFL list. And all those leftover players that aren't in the 22 um, playing AFL, they're playing in the reserves. And that they're, they're, they're talented players that are just getting utilised in VFL competition, Sandful. Um, and, okay, why not, why not work out a way, gather the funds, get sponsors, all that, and have a second-tier competition that runs and you have a relegation promotion system? Um, and what a way to expand the game. You can, you can have Northern Territory teams in this second-tier competition. You can have Tassie teams. What an easy way to introduce a Tasmanian team to AFL football. Um, yeah. The national well, game. What, what are your thoughts? There's a lot of expand. As I said, it's the only, it's one, it's probably one of the only sports played in one country. Well, that, that's not yeah. true. It's, it's played overseas, but not, not at a professional level. Couple of things, couple of things. Um, <laughs> firstly, like I, obviously a relegation system would be, that would sort of revolutionize the league. Um, it would be very interesting to see. You said like it would be an easy way of getting teams in other states, but like you did touch on the fact that because of COVID, um, it's not really realistic, and that's the thing. Like, it's not something that I can foresee happening in the next twenty years, to be honest with you, because like that's just an impossibility at the moment with the financial stress brought brought upon by COVID. 
um, like they're struggling to keep the VFL alive, Carlton's um, VFL affiliate, um, the Northern Blues, that had to go. That's dead now. Um, you know, there's teams having to get rid of their AFLW programs or I think Richmond got rid of their VFLW program, that sort of thing. Yes. Um, so it's not really realistic at the moment, I would say. The other thing I wanted to say was that it's interesting what you say when you say, and I might speak to perhaps a difference in outlook between the two of us when you speak of um, the fact that Aussie rules football has a long way to go, um, considering the fact that it's only really played in one country and it really is only played in one country. Um, The thing is that AFL footy does have a long way to go. Well, not AFL footy, just footy. Australian rules football does have a long way to go. um, If you're viewing it in terms of you want sort of global dominion of the game or not global global dominion, but just sort of like a greater influence on other countries and and other continents like New Zealand playing footy and it perhaps taking off in, I don't know, America, Asia, anywhere. Um, And you might see that as the ultimate goal, but there'd be lots of people. And I don't know if I'm one of them, but I might be that don't really see, you know, AFL um, Australian rules football um, being, like the ultimate goal being sort of like becoming popular in other countries. It might just be it surviving by itself in this country, an integral, um, an integral part of who we are, just, just like interwoven with us, just the game, um, something that goes back hundreds of years. Um, so like that, that, that's just interesting. I'm not expressing myself really well here because, you know, it, it's sort of thrown me off guard, this sort of topic, but it's a very interesting one about how, how you see, you know, the success of Australian football being measured, whether it's, you know, it's ultimate goals to become popular in other countries or if it's fine, just sort of, you know, is it, is it worth sort of trying to get it, you know, to become popular in other countries when that might compromise its sort of stature here? And it probably wouldn't because this is the most popular game in Australia. Um, and you can see that it's gaining mm. traction in Queensland. That's what I was speaking about, footy classified as well, about how apparently the AFL is just really beating the NRL this year up there in Queensland. Um, so, yeah, but uh, we might stop it there because, like, that, that conversation could go on for hours and it's sort of sort of unrelated. It was just It just sort of piqued my interest because you sort of mentioned it. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a real interesting one, and um, it, it came to mind. I can't remember why, it, how it came to mind, but it came to mind about a month, about two months ago. And um, and look, it's it's a it it'll be it would be a bombshell. <laughs> Put it that way, it would be a bombshell <laughs> now, to, the, to to all the states, we, WA, yeah. South Australia, Victoria. It'd be a bombshell. Um, but well, if it were to happen, it wouldn't happen just like smack bang. Here you go. There's this relegation system. It would be more sort of like, oh, uh, we're going to slowly introduce it. But um, should we move on to uh, your man? Shocking honking. <laughs> okay. Now, <laughs> yes. Okay. So speaking of changes to the game, yeah, Steve Hocking has been in charge. Now, we... We don't know, you know, all the details, but um, what are your thoughts, Charlie? You've got an opinion on this. Now, can you... Oh, I think you've got a bigger you, opinion can... than me. <laughs> I think you've got a bigger, opinion, a bigger okay. opinion than me. Look, look, I'll set it up for you, but this is what I'll just say. Look, by I'm the way, like... this isn't my opinion. This is yours. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't like this guy. I don't like oh, this guy. Oh, Jesus. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> don't. No, we'll, we'll, we'll stay away from the personal attacks. That, but, that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, no, like, I obviously don't know Steve Hawking. I can just sort of view him um, sort of in relation to what I see in the news and the headlines. And he doesn't seem to be a very popular figure. No. In that sense, I feel slightly sympathetic towards him because... I just think everywhere you go, sometimes if you're on the internet and you see people talking about footy, like 95% of the time it's negative. And I just always see people disparaging Steve Hawking. And I think like it's, it's, it's not as easy. It's not as easy. It's harder than you think sort of trying to run the league and trying to sort of improve and tinker with it. Um, and so I sort of sympathize, sympathize with him in that regard. However, I don't, as I said, I mentioned it again, like he's the, he, I'm pretty sure from what I say, he's the person that's sort of like pushing sorts of stuff like, let's make it 28 rounds and keep it shorter quarters. And that's the sort of thing that I just think, I do not want someone suggesting that to be in charge of this, this game in this country. That's yeah. what I think when I hear that sort of stuff, but I don't know the details. Yeah. And, um, and just thinking about that, it's about making the game better. I don't, I don't, I can't see how changing the length and the quantity of, of the game is going to actually improve the game itself. But we'll leave that. We'll go to some of the decisions that have made, been made in the past, including uh, Ruck nomination, for example, um, the 666. These are all things that have been brought in to try and improve the game. And, and to be honest, if, if, the game, if, that was, if those changes were successful, we wouldn't be talking about changing the game right now. So Yeah, and look, and look and when I hear... Go on. No, go on. Ruck nomination, for me, when that rule came in, I'd, okay, I thought, okay, I'm, it doesn't make sense in my head, but let's, let it, let it, let, let's see it for a few weeks just to see if it somehow makes sense. But please, I, I'd love, if anyone can explain to me how Ruck nomination makes sense. Seriously. When I heard Seriously, if, 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 if Carlton's got... Mark Pinnett going up in the ruck and, and Mark Murphy, right? If two people end up going up in the ruck from one team, you play a free kick against. You don't need to nominate two ruckmen. Um, it doesn't make sense. I hope all the listeners understand and uh, you understand that, Charlie, because, yeah, yeah. It just it, it, that should be yeah. just demolished. That's an automatic no, yeah. when decision. I heard. Yeah. When I heard that they were introducing ruck nominations, I just thought, oh, go ruck yourself. Seriously, it's just, it's just, it's, it's just totally unneeded. I agree with you there. I agree, I agree with your assessment. That, that's a good example of just something that sort of was tinkered with that was probably unnecessary. Um, like I say, I, I sympathize with the project of trying to improve the game of footy, but some of the ways they've decided to go about it is just, in my eyes, misguided and Steve Hawking seems to be the front man of that sort of that sort of endeavor which is why I probably have well as I said I don't understand the situation but he, he he's not very I guess I don't know seems to have be the um sort of almost the the face of the AFL sort of push to change things and introduce rules every year which I understand why that rubs people the wrong way a lot of the time yeah and Look, we will acknowledge it's not an easy job, but the one area that frustrates me is this game is a success. It's been successful. Look where it's come to. 
It's got all these supporters filling big stadiums, as I said earlier in the show. It, look what it's done. It, it doesn't need major changes because it's worked before. What it needs is little, little changes because the game's evolved naturally as coaches have, um, you know, there's been increased coaching staff and the game's been, there's been strategies come in. Just little changes, yeah. very small tinkering, just little small changes. They're, they're the changes that will make the difference. It doesn't need to be any, anything major because it, it doesn't need to be any major because look, look where the game's at. It, it's, Richer in a hundred thousand members, for example. Mm. So, and what um, was that? Um, the other one was the that they introduced was six six six, which I don't even know if that worked or not either. Well, I don't think it's had any impact. It's just it's just been a rule, yeah. another thing in the rule book, which doesn't need to be in there. Um, yeah. Actually, one I will say that it's been good for uh, the end of games when the scores are level or one te- a team's up by five mm. points uh it hasn't allowed for yeah. uh the extra man in defense but uh why not rather than just have the 66 for the whole game why not just introduce that for the last five minutes of last quarters that would mm. that's, that is a, yeah that's a, a tough job idea. yeah 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 um but no thanks charlie uh anything else you'd like to finish up on today um no, thank you. I think I've expressed my thoughts um, in relation to everything that um, you wanted to discuss. And as always, it's been a joy being on the Sports Hour. I hope the listeners out there are tuning in every week because um, this show is just going to keep on getting bigger and better, in my opinion. Um, so that's just my two cents. Um, and as always, signing off. Uh, beautiful Friday afternoon here in Fitzroy. Um, wherever you are, I hope that you are having a good time, um, staying strong during these, during this tough situation. And yeah, have a good one. Thank you. Very, very well put, Charlie. And uh, as always, thanks for coming on. Our resident philosopher, Charlie Gill, uh, reliable as always, and uh, he, he's been he's been a great addition to the show. And uh, and someone we, we, we highly value here. And uh, his thoughts are always a pleasure to listen to every time he comes on. So we thank him for joining oh, us. Oh, that's rich to you. But thank again. you. <laughs> Thanks, Charlie. <laughs> and that wraps up our show for today. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, stay tuned on our Twitter page, at Sports Hour FM, uh, for further details about next week's show. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great weekend.